everyone welcome to film shrapnel your one-stop spot for everything movies my name's tobias and that wanker over there is craig yes yeah, me hi man we've got a good episode today haven't we we do this time i guess it was kind of my turn to show you something so we're watching drum roll drum roll uh, please a big trouble in little china from yeah. 1986 by John Carpenter. 80s August continues. Last episode was Scanners and today Big Trouble in Little China. I can't believe I've never seen this movie before, Craig. I'm really surprised you haven't. I really thought this would be something you've seen ages ago. Yeah, and it, it's the sort of thing I've been meaning to watch and it keeps getting past me. I'm a big John Carpenter fan, but I'm not a huge Kurt Russell fan. I think that might have been uh what stopped me but i love him in this movie yeah actually one of my notes that i I was going to get to at some point was that i really like kurt russell in this film yeah i think he's he's really fun to watch he's very funny yeah he's a good laugh i I really enjoyed his performance in this yeah really liked it i'm not used to seeing him play humor humorous uh, uh roles yeah no i think i've seen him in a couple of roles although they're escaping me now uh, I think Death Proof is sort of a comedy. He's, he, I think he's trying to like bring up some humor to it. Um, hmm. I, I, I've always tried. It, I, I've always read Death Proof as a comedy. Anyway, uh, maybe I'm very, very, you know, off the mark there. But yeah, I, I think there's a real attempt at humor the whole way through that movie. Yeah, I, we'd ask, we still need to watch that one. By the way, that's on our list. Yeah, yeah, we've got to get round to Death Proof and Planet Terror. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, by the way, also, a random little fact from me. I first saw this film at uh, the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square as mm. part of a, a John Carpenter marathon that went from 9pm to 9am in the morning. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm so I'm... jealous. What, what other films were in the marathon? Uh, so they had Halloween, of course. Uh, The Fog... Um, the thing, yes, great. This this film, Big Trouble in Little China, and there must have been at least two more films which escaped me. Right? Oh, obviously, Escape from New York was in there. Okay, good. And there was definitely at least one or two more films in there to make it that long. And there was at least Escape like fifteen minutes between. I don't think that was there because I haven't seen that film. I have no memory of it, so I don't believe it was part of it. What about They Live? Ah, oh, they live. That probably was late. They live was in it. Yeah, definitely for that's, sure. That's easily my favorite John Carpenter film. They it's live. a fantastic film. It's great. I love it. But I, I, I did love this one. Not my favorite John Carpenter, but I did really <clears throat> enjoy this film. Yeah, I was very curious what you think about this film because it's a bit. Um... It's by the way, I've got some trivia for you. Do you want to hear my trivia that I dug up from Wikipedia? Uh, so I've got a really interesting f- thing for you that you're going to love. So this uh, Big Trouble in Little China was originally written as a Western set in the 1880s. And it's the what? first. Yeah, it was, it was originally supposed to be a Western, uh, but they changed it, I guess, because they needed to compete with an Eddie M- Murphy movie that was coming out uh, in the same year. I can't remember the name of it. 
and it also has some kind of Asian themes going on. I'm not sure exactly what it's called. What? Um, yeah. And the, the guy who wrote it was the first time screenwriter. Actually, it was two guys, but I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, was a guy called Gary Goldman, who's a G away from being Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, guess what else he also wrote about 10 years or a few years later? One of your favorite yeah. films. Uh, it's got Schwarzenegger in it. I, 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 you know, I was just going to say, was he like a writer on a Terminator film? Yes. Total no, not, yes, Total Recall. This guy wrote, ah, the guy who wrote this wrote, yeah, that's so crazy, right? Uh, I was reading up on him on Wikipedia. Uh, got in, uh, had a big legal thing with Disney a few years ago. Because you remember Zootopia? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard this, but apparently uh, Zootopia, uh, uh, this guy Gary Goldman, like pitched uh, the idea of Zootopia potentially to them like twice before, and they rejected him twice. And then a few years later, they came up with a film called Zootopia. It's like, hey, come on, guys, you're like stealing my idea. But apparently he lost in court, which is kind of sad, actually. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting piece of trivia. Another piece of trivia I'll give you as well. This is the first and maybe the only time John Carpenter did a martial arts movie. And that was one of the main reasons he wanted to direct this because he always wanted to do a ma- uh, martial arts film. But then, because the film was a commercial failure, it actually, I think like it made like uh, 11 million and it cost about 25 to 30 million to make it. Um, he got really like, he, he lost interest, like in, um, in Hollywood and went back to doing, um, more independent stuff. And another interesting thing, uh, we may get either a remake or a sequel or something in between starring Dwayne Johnson sometime soon. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So maybe in a year or two. Big trouble in Samoa. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. I, I suppose if you did a remake, you yeah, Dwayne is sort of the right person to play. What was his name? Jack. What's his last name? Burton. Jack Burton. Jack Burton. The most like American, middle American name I've ever heard in my life. Jack Burton. I drive trucks. Name's Jack Burton. Pork Chop oh. Express. Very yeah. American. Uh, should we talk about the plot? Yeah, let's try to talk about the plot. <laughs> so I, I'd never seen this movie before, Craig. I watched it today. I still couldn't tell you really what the plot is. I have no real memory as to how all the Kung Fu shit starts happening. I don't really get why his trucks even with them in the first i just don't yeah the the plot (laughs) the plot just went in one ear and out the other i was just watching all of the the fun shit but the plot itself became sort of irrelevant to me which is weird because i'm always a stickler for plot and there might there is definitely a plot involved it just wasn't important to me at all i wasn't focusing on on all the all the details of the story I was just focusing on Jack Burton being just the manliest of men ever. Um, yeah, I had a right blast with it. Not my favourite John Carpenter film by a long, a long way. I, I think most of the films we mentioned a second ago 
are all way better than this. I think this might be his worst film that I've seen. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so realistically, I don't know what your ranking would be, but I, I think In the Mouth of Madness is his pro probably his magnum opus, his best movie. Um, and then They Live. I mean, it's they're sort of interchangeable. I suppose on a Monday, I'll, I'll be a They Live is number one, and on a Tuesday... I'd be in the mouth of madness as number one. Uh, this would probably be at the bottom with only ghosts of Mars being worse than this. Have you Ooh. seen ghosts of Mars? I haven't. I haven't seen that one. It, it's got Pam, you know, Pam Greer from Jackie Brown and yeah. Jason Statham's in it. Jason Statham is okay. Ja no, Jason Statham's in it. Film. No, no, I think it's like early 2000s and like John Carpenter sort of like, yeah, I'm going to do this this movie about ghosts on Mars. Okay, what's it called? It's called Ghosts on Mars. All right, who do you want in it? Jason Statham and Pam Greer. Okay. Uh, go make, and, you know, it's John Carpenter. You, you, if you'll, you'll give him money to make a movie for you and it's not very good at all. But it's all actually no. I tell a lie. It's got its moments, but it's definitely his worst movie. I think this is just above. Mm hmm. Okay. But I, but I really like this one. I don't really like Ghosts of Mars. But I, I, I think I did th felt. I felt the plot was superfluous. I'll tell you one thing about the plot. I think that um, firstly, this film was adapted to be firstly supposed to be a Western and then they changed it at the last minute That's crazy. and then they gave it to John Carpenter. And I think like, I don't, I'm not even sure if it was initially supposed to be a comedy. And so they thought, well, let's fucking, let's make it a joke. Then the fact that nothing makes sense. Like, cause there are points like where, uh, you can tell kind of that every, it's a kind of a joke, the plot. <laughs> like, for yeah. example, um, there's one scene where they go back to the lawyer's um, office. Uh, what's her name? Gracie. And by the way, not in, I was like really trying to figure out, is she supposed to be a journalist or a lawyer or what? And then, okay, now finally I know that she's a lawyer. Um, they, they go through so many quick things, like so many things about the plot. So like I even wrote like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So much information dumped at Grossi's office. Like you can't yeah. take it seriously. How much information is just, poof, there you go. There's your fucking plot. Let's yeah, fucking go. <laughs> like it's major, major info dump, right? Yeah. It's, and yeah, if you're not paying attention for that, for that one second, yeah, the whole plot just is, is non-existent. Yeah. And like, I think even at that point, uh, Jack goes like, uh, whoa, 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 I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just seen some really unreasonable shit or something <laughs> like this. And like, that's, yeah. That's uh, shit. And by yeah, the way. Very, very John Carpenter, the, the dialogue. Like, because Jack Burton the whole way re reminded me of the uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper in They Live. You know, the, the same, the exact same sort of demeanor and attitude that like John Carpenter goes for. Maybe that was, maybe They Live was written with uh, Kurt Russell in mind. I wouldn't be I surprised. Mm. And they both have mullets as well. That's true. Although I think Kurt Russell has a far superior mullet. Uh, did you get like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes? Yes. I, 
I, I felt the whole movie felt very Ninja Turtles. What came first, this or Ninja Turtles? Oh, well, I would imagine this because the Ninja Turtles, the comic book was like early 80s. But like the, it, but it was like the fastest thing, like the cut. It was only a couple of years after the comic books that they were like getting the movies sorted. So, it, I still think it would have been this movie. What'd you say, eighty six? This film? Yeah, yeah. I I think this probably beats Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie uh, by at least a year if not more. I was also wondering about the influence, like other influences of this film as well. And I also was wondering as well, like, have you seen many um, martial arts movies from the seventies? Like mostly Bruce well, Lee stuff. I, 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 I was actually going to bring this up because it's actually my next point after Ninja Turtles. I'm a huge fan of old school seventies and eighties uh, Hong Kong martial arts films. So, like, we're talking Bruce Lee films, not Enter the Dragon. We're talking old school Jackie Chan films before he became uh, big in America. We're also talking Jet Li films, who was massive in China before his first movie in America. So, like, I'm a huge fan of old school martial arts films. And when I'm watching this film, all the fight scenes... It's very, very clear to me that John Carpenter's influences stem from Hong Kong 70s action um, and 80s. It's the, the choreography is great. However, um, I don't think he shoots it correctly. Mm. If you, uh, you you can look up Jackie Chan talking about it on, uh, on YouTube, but he... Uh, he often talks about how in Chinese cinema, when you're doing action, you often do a wide shot. You let the action play out. You only uh, zoom in on really impactful moments. But you, the artistry of the Kung Fu, like you want the audience to be able to see that. So they often do wide shots and let the dance of the choreography play out. Whereas American films... Uh, oh, oh, snappier so they, they like to put in these edits to make things feel faster if you watch like an edit in a Chinese film to sort of make an impact of a punch feel heavier they'll actually edit like a few frames early so it feels like the punch is taking a little bit longer even to, to hit uh, its target whereas in American films they'll often edit out all of these little moments just to you know make it snappier make it feel high octane and, and faster paced so mm -hmm. both editing styles have their benefits that no one is uh, right over the other it's just i think when shooting fight scenes and the choreography of the fight scenes are as artistic as uh, they, they often are in kung fu films but also in this film uh I think you you should employ the Chinese style of uh, a static wide shot and only zoom in for these really uh, impactful punches or these impactful moments in the fight. Mm. The, choreog the choreography is definitely there, but the the shooting is still too American. 
That's interesting you say this because I was thinking there was something a little bit off, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And I think you've nailed it. But another thing I was going to bring up about martial arts stuff is when did martial arts films get funny? Because I think like I'm thinking back to the ones. Yeah, because I'm thinking about the ones back in the 70s. They were quite serious. Like I think a Bruce Lee films is quite serious. Like that's mostly what oh, I've yeah. seen from the seventies. And then suddenly in the eighties, it's like comedy and martial arts. And it's like, it, they just seem, seem to go hand in hand. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, no, you've got, you've got Jackie Chan to thank for that. He really pioneered that, you know, his, his biggest influences were like people like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. And he was like, like if you watch some of Jackie Chan's older stuff, like much older stuff. So I'm talking, there's a film, and I don't actually know if these English translations are the correct titles or not, but at least on the old VHS uh, tapes that I had growing up, there's one called Dragon Fist that I highly, that I really like. That's about him, uh, like getting revenge for his teacher that was murdered. Uh, there's one called Snake and Crane Arts of Shaolin. That's fucking amazing. Highly recommend that. Really good. And these are serious Jackie movies. But then when he starts doing things like Drunken Master and Karate Ghostbuster. Um, <laughs> That's so a great the, title. I, I love it. I love it. It's a great movie. It's about Jackie Chan. He's like the he's just like a bit of a funny guy at the at the temple. So he's like a bit of a mischievous guy, you know. Uh, the the monks don't like dealing with him. They're like, oh, he's so annoying. So he keeps getting like extra chores to do because he's such an arsehole. And he has to look after the library one night. And he finds this old book of the, the five fist technique. And it's haunted by the five masters of each technique, of each fist of this technique. And so these ghosts come out and basically teach him the kung fu that's been lost to time like this ancient kung fu that people have heard stories about but no one's ever seen that one's really fun he he really wanted to in you know influence action films or you know by being the funny guy he really didn't want to emulate bruce lee like bruce lee was always super serious like really nice guy in interviews but he was always a really serious character in the movies and I think it might have been a way for Jackie to try and differentiate himself from Bruce Lee. That might have been an important part of the decision to take it to the comedy. Interesting. There's a lot of films I need to see from from his uh, from his back I mean, catalogue, shall we call it? Maybe for the next episode we can do Karate Ghostbuster. That sounds fantastic. I love the yeah. name so much already. Yeah. Let's, let's do that for the next episode. I think that'll be fun for you. I, <laughs> I know it'll be fun for me because I it's a film from my childhood. <laughs> uh, m moving back to uh, Big Trouble in Little China, um, I really like all the special effects in this, even the really bad ones. There is some odd special effects here and there, some odd yeah. monsters. Some Yeah, there was like some hairy thing. Uh I like that thing. That was fun. I actually liked all of the crazy shit. I just didn't know where they were all coming from. Like I say, maybe I missed something. But like at one point, it was just like one Chinese gang against another Chinese gang. 
and then oh Kurt Russell's involved for some reason. There's a Chinese girl with green eyes. The least a, Asian looking woman they could have the picked. Le- the least Asian looking woman you could have found for the character. But I was just enamored with all the crazy shit. I loved all the crazy shit. I didn't mind that I was missing plot details. I really didn't mind. I loved that there was like three dudes that are like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. And they like, they literally, like a fireman's pole, they literally slide down this bolt of lightning to, to, to like get to people. I love the three Raiden dudes. A lot, I felt there was a lot of Mortal Kombat vibes mm-hmm. as well in this movie. Did you, did you notice as well? I think the fight, there's a fight between the old, the old Chinese dude with the lazy eye and, then you've got the bad guy. I forget his name now, but the main bad guy. Uh, and they both do a beam at each other. And then within their beams are fighting. two other people fighting. Yeah, right. And if you look at the bad guy, the way he's holding his hands and his thumbs, it looks like he's playing with like a PlayStation yeah. controller. And I'm like, you're literally doing Mortal Kombat. You are literally doing Mortal Kombat. The final fight has Mortal Kombat. They just play, they just plug in their controllers and start playing Mortal Kombat. It's you know, nuts. Yeah, I, I also noticed that. I really that's another guy I really like in his film. Apart from Kurt Russell, I really liked um James Hong. That's the guy who you were referring James to. Hong. Oh I was gonna talk about him because does I heard that he might be the most credited actor on IMDB. Well, he's now. Ne- I looked him up actually. He's ninety-four years old now, so it wouldn't be too surprising. Bloody hell! And he's he's well, always been that old Asian guy in everything. Like well, even back it, in I, the eighties, more than thirty years ago, he's always been the old exactly, guy. Exactly, exactly. I, I recognized him almost immediately. I recognized his face. I think I think the most recent film I watched with him was uh, that Ryan Reynolds movie where they're dead. And they're, but they're police. They're police for dead people. <laughs> dead police. That sounds really stupid already, but maybe it's quite good. I don't I, know. I mean, I, I remember enjoying it, but it wasn't that memorable. Uh, but he's in that. But I swear, and then he starts talking. And isn't he uh, Jack Black's dad in Kung Fu Panda as well? He may be. I, I haven't seen uh, Kung Fu Panda in so long. He, he's a duck. Is he? <laughs> I'm assuming uh, he's adopted. Yeah, you, well, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd have to guess. You'd take a punt. Yeah. Um, but but also more about, uh, I really like James Hong in this. He's really yeah, he's like great. A, fun, a fun bad guy. Like there's even one point. Um, so when he kidnaps uh, Kurt Russell's, uh, uh, Jack and uh, Wang is the other guy, his friend. And they're kind of like uh, strapped in this in this wheelchair or something. And he basically, he does the regular bad guy thing where he just explains his plot. But like the way that he delivers it is so like, it doesn't take it seriously. No. And like, it's quite fun. And at one point he looks in the, the CCTV camera and he sees uh, their friends trying to get in. He's like, you know what? This really pisses me off. Like, and it's, it's just, he, he's just really good as a bad guy in this film. He's a great villain. He's, he is amazing. Let's, since we're talking about the ending already, uh, 
It's no, I, to be honest, there's not much point getting too much into the plot here because it's crazy. It's just what too plot? ridiculous. There what is no plot? plot. It's just, there's, I swear, there's basically, a... here's a plot for you. Here's a plot. No, uh, I don't even know. No, you'll ruin the movie. I don't want to know the plot. <laughs> two, two women with green eyes get kidnapped by a crazy sorcerer wizard guy in Chinatown, and some macho guy and some other people come along to save them. That's, he, that's the plot. That's as close as you can get to explaining it. And he it. decides, fuck it, I'm going to marry them both. Because why not? Fuck it. Marry them both. Oh, it's dumb. There's a scene quite early on. No wonder I didn't pay attention to the plot. There's a scene early on where, uh, what's his friend's name? Wang. Wang, yeah. So, like, Wang and him are, like, running... And then, like, I think Kurt Russell asks him, like, what the fuck's going on? Reminded me <laughs> reminded me of Ant-Man 3. But he's like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, no questions. Let's just get out of here. And it's like, uh, I would have a lot of fucking questions at this point. Like, I wouldn't. I And again, in Ant-Man 3, remember we watched Ant-Man 3. And for, like, the vast majority of the movie, Michelle Pfeiffer is just refusing to tell yeah. people what's going on, even and it's just like, no, we're just going to walk in silence for a bit. No one's going to get explained anything until it's absolutely necessary. And in this movie, at least they have the benefit of being chased all the time that prevents us getting this exposition. At least there's a reason. I wrote it down that Wang needs to explain what's going on before they get interrupted again. Because they just constantly, every moment they get in within this scene, every moment they get to just take a breath, it gets interrupted almost immediately. And I like that. I like that. It, it provides a, a reason why we're not stopping the action to allow the audience to catch up. It, you know, And I like that. Uh, but I, I do wish he'd explained what was going on Bef you know, before they got interrupted, because I was getting lost. But I, I, I did like if you're going to do it, do it right. Have there be a reason why the conversation can't carry on or can't even begin? Do you know what I mean? I think mm. this film does that fine. Um, as much as I was lost. Um, what do you think about the humor in this film? I think I think it's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? So, some of it I found amusing. It got a lot of chuckles out of me here and there. Um, there was one line, I forget what it was in response to, but it, she goes, oh, I must be so monumentally naive. <laughs> it just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, what, when was that? I do remember that, but I can't remember when that happened. I, I forget. I, I think it's, I think in the same scene, Kurt Russell says to someone, there's a problem with your face. Yeah, I, I also remember that, but I can't remember <laughs> where that was from. These are some yeah. really funny lines that I wrote down, but I have absolutely no memories to the context of these lines. <laughs> um, uh, what, what I really like about this film is a lot of the humour comes from the fact that no one knows really what they're doing, especially Jack and also Wang yeah. at times as well. Like, there's one bit where they're snooping around when they first get into the warehouse, wherever. Yeah. And Wang looks around the corner. Then he goes back to Jack. Says, okay, it's clear. And then as soon as they go around the corner, there's a guy right there. And it's just yeah. so stupid. <laughs> and then 
and then like after Jack um, falls down this uh, mat, this uh, whatever he falls like when he almost falls into the well when he on the wheel on the wheelchair. Oh yeah, in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, and he knocks out three guys as he goes down. And like it's when he gets back, uh, Wang's like, "Great work, Jack!" And like, he just didn't do anything. He just knocked some guys. I know. And, and then there's the whole thing with the with the machine gun when he starts shooting at the ceiling, and then the rocks just smack him on the back of the head. <laughs> he just yeah. pulls down. Like it's it's a great great humor here and there. Yeah. There I, there was one scene, and like I, I, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but like they're sat in the truck. And then they're watching like these two gangs throw down, and Kurt Russell sort of looks at Wang, and I forget what Wang says, but he's ba- he basically says, "Don't ask, it's just Chinese shit." <laughs> and then there's like magic shit going on. He's like, "Don't ask, don't ask, it's just ch- Asian shit. You won't understand." See, that's uh, that's a big thing that I wanted to talk about. Like the feet. That's uh, how it. Huh? That's how it feels, isn't it? This, yeah, uh, that like in terms of race representation, this film is quite fucked a little bit yes. here and there. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way to go around. Like I, I actually did. Like I had made a whole section in my notes, like on the theme of race. Because I mean, I there's, think, a, there's real Fu Manchu vibes, isn't there? Yeah, it's just like like one of the notes I wrote. Like, is it racist that magic is so tied to Chinese culture in this film? And it's just accepted as yeah, that's that's just how it yeah, is. Of course like, it's, it is. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. Of course the magic. Yeah, of course it's, it's magic and that's just accepted. That's real. Yeah, yeah. Chinese people see uh people doing magic shit all the time. It's just part of their life. Like, come on, man, that's a bit fucked up. Yeah, it's uh, a bit silly. And another thing I wrote was that uh we have the white savior complex again, you know, a white oh, yeah. guy coming from the outside into some other community and basically being the hero and saving the day. But I will say though, maybe the fact that he's a bit of an idiot and he's mostly just like fumbling along kind of helps a little bit. Cause if he was just too amazing, like for example, um, the last samurai with Tom Cruise, he's just becomes a samurai and becomes the best and is the greatest. Mm. But in this film, um Jack Burton is just this fumbling idiot who just uh yeah. just jumps into situations and exactly. just, just gets lucky. You know, so he's I, not I, I wrote down that this is what John Wick would be if he was an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked how because this you can't really get much more macho American, can you, than truck driver who just decides because at the beginning of the film he just starts up in in uh, the gang's face stunning like mm. he sees something's about to go down and he's like well i'm not fucking having that i'm i'm jack whatever his name is burton i'm jack burton fuck fuck you you ain't gonna you ain't gonna start shit fuck you i love him however i i i didn't like how that because the movie does stop for a minute to be like mega patriotic i seem to recall i can't find the note that i wrote down but there's there's one scene like yeah the red white and blue or some shit you know they they go really uh patriotic for a scene i think they're having a drink or something uh there are two moments when i remember them drinking either at the beginning when they're playing cards or 
when they're drinking that strange potion thing uh that the other oh guy yeah did. the the potion thing i, I like that because like they're clearly all really fucking high once they <laughs> drink the uh the yeah. potion and right. they're in the elevator you know i feel really I'm, good yeah, yeah. I feel really good. I'm, I'm feeling really confident about what's about to happen <laughs> <laughs> oh. and then by the way a random thing uh that guy i forgot his uh egg his name is egg egg something um the actor i forgot his name he's in have you seen oh what's it called there were these karate movies that i think they were from the 80s early 90s uh but i can't remember what they're called and i remember watching them when i was a kid and where he trains these three boys to do karate i think and i think there was at least three films they were kind of a bit crappy but not so great uh but anyway at the end of the film, when everyone's happy and celebrating back at the restaurant, is he smoking opium? You can't really see what he's doing properly, and then he just leaves. I mean, that's possible, but that would be really racist as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be. I don't yeah. like they kind of hide it a little bit. Like you kind of see him him with something with his mouth, like behind something, like some like an ornament or something. And, was, and the first thing I thought is that that is that opium. Or it could be, you know, it could be. Damn, this movie that I really enjoyed is quite racist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you not find it funny that there's one solitary white henchman in the, for the bad guys and the few times he shows up is just to get the living shit kicked out of him? Yeah, I did notice this guy. And I yeah. was wondering, like, is he, is he a white he guy like that me. looks a bit Asian? Or is he just a white guy that they just threw in there? I don't know. I, don't I think know he's just on. a white henchman for this Chinese mob. Like, I, I did karate when I was 13. They're like, <laughs> okay, you're in. You're in. You got the job. <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you one thing, uh, and this is always a world-breaking thing for me in movies, and this movie does feature it. Um, sewers in movies, Craig. Um mm. Do you not feel that every sewer in every movie looks way too clean? Yes. They're, they're too they're, big. They're, number one, they're massive spaces. Number two, they look clean. Number three, hardly anyone complains about being in a sewer in a movie when they're in a sewer. And then, and even number four, I'll add a fourth one. When they get out of the sewer, no one's rushing to a shower. So... Mm. With all the all four of these issues about sewers in movies are featured in this movie. They, they get out of the sewer covered in sewage. No one's really that bothered. No one mentions any smell. The sewers look really roomy and comfortable. I wouldn't mind living in the sewers in movies. <laughs> um, I'll add also onto your what you're saying. There's even a kiss in the sewer in this film <laughs> when. When they, remember they're going under the water and they're coming out and uh, yes! Gracie's waiting for him. Is he, where is he? Where is he? And then he kisses her. It's like, yeah, this, that sewage, sewage right there. I don't know. It's not even that like you are nearby poo and shit and piss. You are literally submerged up to your chin. But no, they've got time to have a little snug. Of course. Of course they've got time. Oh, it's so fucking dumb. So fucking dumb. That's always been a pet peeve of mine in movies. Can I also... Um, another, another thing as well. I don't know if, if you remember, 
But early on in the film, um, when they're w- witnessing the gang fight, and after they run over Lopan with the truck, yeah, uh, Lopan stares at uh, Jack in the face and does his weird uh, mouth eye thing that I don't know. I yeah. don't remember what it's supposed to be. And he's having some, he's see, seeing stuff or something. And so Wang's Wang just takes him over uh, and starts like wash him in the face with like street water. I say, like, what the <laughs> fuck of all, of all the fucking water? Like who the fuck, what is that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, it's grim. Oh dear. Yeah. No, I, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie, even when it's bad. I had a lot of fun. Um, Oi, that there's like a the main henchman to the bad guy, this like really angry dude. What's his story? Why is he number one? Why is he always so fucking angry? But like he's the guy who like expands and blows up at the end. Mm. Why does he blow up? I uh, to add some special effects. I think. I think. But wh- why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't understand. Why get... <laughs> why did that happen? Did they like plug something into him that made him blow up or is it just like magic shit? What's going on? Just I, magic I... shit. But do do you not get an explanation for that? No. <laughs> Are you serious? This... I was I was certain I'd miss something. I'm like, why is that happening? But it happens. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it's fun, it's cool, but I was sure I'd miss something. So you that just happens for no reason you're telling me. That happens after Lopan is killed and then he sees that he's dead and then he just starts like huffing and puffing and then expanding. just expanding. Yeah. But but earlier in the film he has a moment where he starts expanding. Yeah, he did, yeah. That, that was, was when the wheelchair gets momentum, I think. Maybe. And he just and he expands like 2 inches, like he just flexes his pecs. And that's it. But then at the end, he full on wafer thins it. Yeah. He full on like, oh, you know the scene in uh, in Meaning of Life. Wafer. Yeah. Or it's only a mint. Or what was it? Yeah, maybe Only it was a, a wafer. wafer thin. Only a wafer thin, sir. Not the match. Only a wafer thin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, that, that he, uh, yeah, it, it just sort of comes out of nowhere for me. At least, I, I I'm so surprised that there's no explanation. I thought you were gonna explain that to me now. And no, no you, you can't give me an explanation. The whole the whole way through that film, he's just what's he what's he's doing with his mouth? Like some weird <laughs> some weird strange noise that he's making. Yeah, dude was angry. <laughs> yeah, I will I, say I I think uh, Kurt Russell's vest. That's my. Uh, Halloween costume this year. <laughs> I'm going as I keep forgetting his last name, Jack Duracell. Burton. Jack Burton. What did I call Jack Duracell? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Battery. <laughs> oh dear. Don't get more masculine than be named after a battery. I was gonna maybe we should write a movie about Jack Battery. And this will be our this will be our love letter to uh, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, Jack Battery, <laughs> he, Jack Battery, and his sidekick Duracell. You know that there was also I, I forgot to mention some some extra trivia. There was go also on, on. Um, a video game and a board game and a card game 
and a comic book <laughs> series made from this film. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I want to I want to have a go at all of them. And I think they might they might have been uh, action figures of Kurt Russell. Oh, of as... course there was. Of course there was. Yeah. I tell you uh, what I want if I was to pick anything for Okay, so let's do this, Craig. If you could get an action figure of anything in this movie, what would you get? Uh, it's going it has to be Jack Burton. Jack Burton. <laughs> not a not a uh, I forget the bad guy's name, but not the bad guy. Lopan. Lopan, not Lopan. Also, yeah, I, I don't know. I would. But but you could I, get both and have them fight each other. True, you, and you, you, you get Jack Burton. I'll get Lopan, and, and then, then we'll, I'll bring it round yours at lunchtime, and, and we'll, we'll play together. Yeah, sorted, <laughs> sorted. As long as as long as your mum lets us. Yeah, uh, I'm sure she will. <laughs> I, if I was to pick uh, an action figure. I, I I want the that eyeball flesh blob. Yeah, you remember, was that, you remember the that op- CGI? There was parts where it looked very CGI, like it's stop motion. That's got to be stop motion. Uh, I reckon I reckon that's animatronic and stop motion together. That the way they achieved that, I think. But I I mean, you know, I'm not an expert. Maybe they figured something else out. But it looks it looks like stop motion or uh, animatronics, you know, together. Mm. Um, did you? Uh, I, I have one really. When I noticed it, I couldn't unnotice it. You know that final climax where uh, they're in like Lopan's castle or whatever, wherever this is, and that uh, you've got these corridors. I think there's like a, a corridor with like a blue carpet, and you have like rows and rows of Buddhas, and it's a really nice set piece. Uh, but then when I was watching it, I just got this flash in my head of Team America. And it, it got me thinking, I think the end sequence of Team America, where they storm Kim Jong-il's uh, castle, I think they've just modelled that after Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. I'm certain. Like I haven't rewatched Team America since watching Big Trouble in Little China, but when I was watching Big Trouble, I just couldn't get Team America out of my head for the for the ending. I have to look and look into that and see. I can't remember. I haven't seen that film in so long. I'm pretty sure, although I haven't confirmed it because I just finished watching the film before we got on the call, so I haven't confirmed it. But I'm certain that. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are a fan of this movie. I wouldn't be um, surprised. We're pretty much we're pretty much done, right? I've got yeah. I've got a couple of minor notes. Um, I, I think it's funny that the more somersaults you can do, more the more somersaults and backflips in a row that you can do, the stronger your character gets. I, it's always in all these movies. It's like the more you do backflips towards the bad guy. It's like you're charging up whatever you're about yeah. to do. So it's like the more you can do, you know, the, the more impactful your, your punches become. Um, it's all in the reflexes. I wrote that down because that's a pretty good line for a pretty good moment. I think he that's when he throws the, the knife yeah. into Lopan's head. That's pretty cool. Um, but I, also, b- before that, when he, he tries the first time to throw the knife and Lopan moves out the way and just hits the bell. 
and like you just see his reaction then you see Lopan's reaction and then you see Gracie's reaction it's like oh you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you fucked <Yeah>. up <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just really like it's very funny how they did that reaction i agree i think it's uh yeah it's a really funny moment i think that whole the whole film is a really funny film i like the humor i like the action i still have no idea what the plot is but i liked it i like i i you know what made me laugh even more at the end as well when he's leaving and it's like He's too much of a macho truck driver to settle down with a woman. Fuck no, I'm I'm too manly. You don't get a kiss goodbye. Um, and yeah, it just feels like back in the seventies and eighties. In order to be macho, you just had to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, an, an asshole, but like you know, an asshole that will still do the right thing, push come to shove. Like, okay, I'll deal with the fucking. Chinese mob for you, okay. Even all right, they're magic. I'll deal with it, fine. But you know, no kiss goodbye, bitch. <laughs> you can, it just, it's just nuts. Oh, it's nuts. And, and you know, there's also uh, if you remember at the beginning where he's talking on the radio like a crazy person, like like yeah, some kind yeah. of nutcase who's just talk, talking to anybody who will listen <laughs> on the Park yeah. Shop Express. The like, Park Shop Express. It's like I told my second wife. Uh, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. Or some <laughs> <bullshit>. <laughs> like, um, could you imagine just fucking listening to the radio and you hear this fucking crazy guy? And there's some other stuff he says as well. Like when when you're in a rest or like a pit stop or a restaurant or something, and someone pins you against the wall and say, "Have you paid your dues?" And say, "Yeah, I paid my dues. There, they're in the mail or something like this." <laughs> It's uh, fucking crazy as shit. I, I don't know where the fuck that came from. I, I, know. I have no idea. I, I'll tell you where it came from. John fucking Carpenter. It's so John Carpenter. The dialogue is super John Carpenter. Even the music as well. I eat like the very first song for the credits. Uh, like that was the first note I wrote down was uh, the music is just so John Carpenter, like 90s John Carpenter, like in the mouth of madness. The music in that, you know, very, very much reminiscent of the music in this, I felt. That sort of like hard rock sort of feel, mm. you know, electric guitars and, you know. Because, like, I, personally, I think the best music John Carpenter ever wrote was for the Halloween movies. I think that the score for that is just exquisite. One last thing. I just what I just remembered that happens. Another stupid, because I, I love all the, I, every time that, that something stupid happens, I love, that's one of the things I love about this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, uh, when, they, when they're in the wheelchairs the first time and blindfolded, and they yeah. manage to like uh, get, get the blindfolds off and get re- remove whatever's like tying them down to the wheelchair. And then uh, one of the guys comes in and brings up in someone else, but they have, so they have to pretend that they're still like blindfolded. And then Jack jumps on the guy and like, don't move or some shit. And then he just knocks him off and he jumps back on him later. And he's like, so you see that you don't see it for a second, but then a bit later, uh, when they're about to escape, Wang, Wang's about to go. He's like, come on, Jack, let's go. And like, and then you see that Kurt Russell is actually jumped on his back. So he's on the guy's back with a knife to his throat. And he's like, how, <laughs> like, how, how am I supposed to just go? Like, 
yeah, I thought uh, that was quite funny. Yeah, the, the whole movie's been a laugh, man. A really good laugh. Should we give it a rating? Out of what? Jack Burton's? Uh, let's give it... Um, let's do it out of 11 Fu Manchus. All right, out of 11 Fu Manchus. Is that too racist? Well, the film is a bit racist, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but we don't have to be racist watching it. True. We can do it out of low pans, then. Let's do it out of low pans. Okay. So how many... How many? No, let's do it. How many uh, karate chops do you give it out of 12? Uh, all right. Okay. We're staying with this one now, yeah? Karate yeah, chops karate out of 12. Chops. Hmm. You see, this film is funny. It's very influential. Good laugh. Yeah. Uh, but Not it good. is... Yeah. It, it's, it's got a lot of, a lot of stupid shit happening in it. It's yeah. a very muddled film. It's a very ridiculous yeah. film. Yeah. Um, but the influence... Right on all parts. Yeah, you can see the... Like, I, like as you said earlier about uh, potentially uh, Team America referencing this film, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a million more things that are referenced this that we've missed. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. So out of the sheer influence... A bit like when we were talking about Scanners, by the way, previously. Scanners has, has a lot of uh, stupid little silly things happening in it. But... Mm -hmm. The shit, like the influence there is just, it's amazing. Like, and I think that's a really important thing to consider. So, oh, but Scanners, I think, is a bit better than this, even oh, though yeah. the acting is a bit bollocks. Uh, the acting a real plot. in this is much better than Scanners. Yeah, the acting is better, but Scanners has a plot and this doesn't have a plot. So yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a funny trade off. At all. Scanners has a great plot. Yeah. So, uh, 12 karate chops, I'm going <laughs> to give it about 7.5, I think, because uh, it, it's not that, it's, it's got a lot of issues, but I still really, like, I'm not going to give it the best rating. Basically, if I give it 7, it's a bit more than half, but yeah. I still really like it. I don't know. I enjoy watching this film. It's just such silliness. I mean, I, me. I, I'm basically with you. I, I was going to give it a seven. I think, because uh, like, if you give it a seven out of 12, that's basically a six out of 10. Yeah. Uh, it, it It's no better than that, for sure. It, it might be super fun. It definitely is super fun. There's no maybe about it. It's crazy fun. I had a blast. But it's, it's shit. It is, it is crap. But it's fun crap. You'll have fun watching it. There's, you'll definitely watch it more than once. I had a blast. Uh, I think it's great. But it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's nowhere near uh, John Carpenter's best offering. In fact, it's probably towards the bottom of his, you know, of his filmography for me. Um, there are still so many more John Carpenter films out there that aren't just a bit of fun. Like that's the thing. This film, it's great fun. But that's all it really is. Whereas other movies that he's done really can stretch you as an audience, mm. really make you think. I think In the Mouth of Madness is a great example of that. They Live is a great example of that. Where like he, he is good at making you, the audience, question reality, question your own existence. The Thing as well is a good example of that. So 
I, I think he is capable of great, great uh, things. This film is not one of those things. He just wanted to fun. make a martial arts movie. Yeah, it, it's just a yeah, that's it. It's just a good fun martial arts film, you know. And it and this it's a martial arts film that doesn't remotely take itself seriously. It's super tongue in cheek, and it goes it, it like cranks it up to eleven. It'll give you everything that's a bit of a laugh. It'll give you some magic shit. It'll give you some lightning shit. It'll give you all this stuff. It'll give you people blowing up. It, it it's really fun. It's really fun. Can't fault it for fun. Super, yeah, super fun. All right. All right. So uh, thank you, everyone, for coming out to listen to us. We have been Film Shrapnel. And uh, do follow us on TikTok, at Film Shrapnel, all lowercase. Twitter, at Film Shrapnel, capital F, capital S. And also, if Spotify isn't your cup of tea, go listen to us on some other platform. We're on Apple. We're on Amazon and any other good pod, uh, podcasting platform. Uh, Craig, anything you want to say to the lovely listeners out there? I ask you every time. Yeah, just keep listening to us, guys. We're really, we're really having a fun... Because uh, literally, like, me and Tobias used to always talk about films, and now we have a purpose to talk about films. So yeah. keep, keep giving us a purpose to have... watch and talk about film. This is our outlet now. You know, it, instead of annoying people at an SU bar with it, we're annoying the whole world. Yeah. S spread yeah. it out. Spread out the annoyance. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us. And until next time, keep it knees. Keep it knees, people.